0: Welcome to the Change Management Reviews podcast, where we bring the best of change management to you. Today, our managing editor, Brian Gorman, goes into the field and interviews leading change management professionals just like you, directly from the trenches of the work we do to study perspectives for breakthroughs and aha moments that could make the difference for what you're working on today.
1: Hello, this is Brian Gorman. Managing Editor of Change Management Review, and I have with me today a close friend and colleague, Jessica Bronzer. Jessica is founder and CEO of The Sparks Group, which is an executive coaching and change management consulting firm. The Sparks Group helps leaders, teams, and their organizations to build capacity, not just skills, in order to make the changes that make a difference to them in the world. Welcome, Jessica.
0: Thanks, Brian, it's great to be here.
1: I'm excited because usually when we do these podcasts, we, uh, you know, I really play the job of interviewer, but we've got a great topic here today, and you and I both fit into both sides of this topic, so I'm looking forward to uh, an engaging conversation about coaching and the role it plays or can play for change practitioners.
0: Mm -hmm.
1: So I know um, to start off with that when I began my coach training and I have, I hate to say it, but five decades of change management experience, Mm -hmm. the first two being unconsciously competent before I actually started to train in the field, um and, and so when I first started my coach training, I really had difficulty taking off my consulting hat. Was that a similar experience for you?
0: Yeah, yes, it was. I um I think I had some unconscious competence in the coaching space before I was trained. Um uh, similar, similar to your change experience, um, but my my default was really to give advice um, and and to, to to consult to people. But I had this hunch that there was a little bit more to it. Otherwise, why would it be called you know coaching and not just consulting? So yes, and it was a hard habit to break to to get out of the uh, the telling, as it were.
1: So, what do you see as? As the primary differences between the two, Jessica.
0: Yeah, well, I think we I think we just labeled maybe the biggest the biggest change between the two of them. Um, I explain this to clients all the time to sort of help them narrow in on, you know, what what they want or what what they have signed up for. If they're if they're in a coaching engagement, I imagine you do a similar thing, um, is to compare and contrast coaching and consulting with each other to help to help draw the differences. And what I usually say about consulting is that you're you know, the client, the customer is buying, um, expertise is buying knowledge that, that we as change consultants have, um, buying a pair of hands, right. Buying someone to help do the work or do it for me, um, in some cases. And that really couldn't be further from the truth in a coaching engagement where the going in assumption is that the client is the expert on their life, their development, their career, their organization, and that there's no way as coach that I could have a more informed perspective um, than, than they would. And so really my role as a coach is to help create the space and to provide a process, a coaching process that enables the client to find their own answers and to tap into their own um, knowledge, their own wisdom, their own experience. um, And that that's not really the role that you know I'm not there to, to give them the answers so what would you what would you add to that Brian?
1: I think that's that's pretty comprehensive for me. Um, you know in in both cases we're working with our clients to make change and and right. to reach a desired end state and, and in sometimes uh, to help them formulate that desired end state, but we're approaching it in, in very different modalities. Um, one of the things that, that I feel when I'm in a purely coaching relationship is that I'm not carrying the same weight for my Mm -hmm. client as I am when I'm in a consulting relationship, because in a consulting relationship, they're much more dependent on my expertise. Um, in a coaching relationship, uh, I'm working with them to call out their expertise, if you will.
0: Right. Yeah, I think another way to say that is that when you're in a coaching relationship, you're a bit less attached to the outcome, right? Not that you don't want or I don't want what's best for my client, but my, when I'm in a change consulting role, I get very invested in the change itself, right? Um, and it's partly my responsibility to make that happen. Um, and in a coaching relationship, you're right. A lot of that pressure is off. So it's easier Or the frame of reference I always think of is, well, I'm, I'm unattached to the outcome. You know, I want what my client wants, but it's not my, it's not my outcome the same way it is when I'm a consultant.
1: So one of the things that, um, we're working on here at change management review is what we call a freemium, a, a no cost, um, set of materials for change practitioners on the role that coaching can play for them in their consulting practice. How do you bring the two together?
0: Yeah, I, I, I love that you came up with that question and I've been noodling it, you know, as we've been talking about doing this podcast together. And I think I think where I land on that is that coaching really is a, is an an excellent complement and maybe almost a required one. I think I'm really coming around to this idea that it's hard for change to be successful if if the leader of the change or several leaders of the change are not also experiencing or undertaking personal change that coaching would help facilitate. Um, so I really see them as, again, as you, I loved your word modalities, two modalities that are both standing on the foundation of the human and organizational dynamics of change, just come at that change from, from different perspectives. Um, but I think coaching is particularly powerful in the sense that it offers an opportunity for change sponsors, change agents, even targets of change. I think everybody potentially involved in the change process to tap into their, again, their wisdom, their expertise, their reason for wanting to, to be a part of the change and to help make the change successful, sort of their why, um, is really something that they have to come up with. And coaching is an excellent way to help people sort of tap into their own reasons for wanting to, to do something different.
1: Yeah. One of, one of the things that I look at, um, and, and I agree with everything you're saying is that as a consultant, I can bring people a, a process for successfully executing change. I can't bring them the answers. And so as a, where, where the client needs to own the answer. Uh, I can coach them to find the answer, but I shouldn't be bringing it for them. I shouldn't be writing the uh, communications from the CEO. I shouldn't be drafting their intent statement. They need to own those things.
0: Mm
1: -hmm. And, Coaching is a way for me to work with them so that they find their answers and they own their answers.
0: Mm-hmm. I think that's an excellent point. I can, um, I thought of one example, a time when I really did, I, this is sort of either before my coaching career began or at the very early stages of it when I was in more fully in a change consulting role on a project. And I, I was creating a personal why for the sponsor of the change. And I think I, I asked the question, well, why isn't this his legacy? Or that maybe the framing around this could be that this is the sponsor's legacy to the organization is to do this change. And that it was a great idea and it landed really well. And the sponsor liked it and the sponsor began Began to use that legacy language, and um, and I even telling the story, I feel a little bit of I don't know awkwardness or guilt, discomfort maybe um, that that it transpired that way would have felt. And nobody knew, you know, I don't think anybody knew where that that, that I had suggested that, that and people thought it was a good idea, and it you know moved forward and got and gained steam. You know, there'd be a very few number of people who would who would kind of know the genesis of that. But, but to me, it never felt quite as authentic as something he would have come up with on his own, right? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So.
1: One of the things that's important for me when, when I go into a relationship that is going to involve both is, uh, well, there are a couple of things, I guess, that are important. First of all, coaching really is a partnership relationship. It's not a vendor relationship. Mm -hmm. And so that needs to be made very clear at the outset with, with my client. Um, I I think that's, that may be the biggest uh, importance. And then as you said before, uh, helping the client understand the difference between the two. And even when, you know, sometimes I, I will say, I'm putting my coaching hat on, I'm taking the mm-hmm. coaching hat off, being very explicit until the client becomes comfortable with when I'm moving between those two roles.
0: Right, right. Yeah, I think that's a great distinction to hold. And I love, I actually, I think there's a connection to be drawn with some of the some of what is in the change field now and, and particularly what we're hearing from Daryl Connor around you know, high impact trusted advisors, um, that I think there's a there's a bit more of a similarity between maybe the high impact trusted advisor role and the partnership role in a coaching relationship, right? Um, That that the coach and the consultant are more on equal footing, than than maybe a lower impact uh, change consultant, where it's, you know, a little bit more a pair of hands, or you're just going to do what I tell you, or, you know, here are the tasks to execute. So I think there's a lot of distinction there and being clear about what hat you're wearing, um, especially um, with your coaching clients when you're putting that coach hat on or you're putting that trusted advisor hat on, um, you you do need to be really clear about that and have them understand the difference.
1: Thank you for calling that out. Yeah, if you read Daryl's essays around uh, trusted advisor, he actually talks about the different circumstances and the different set of skills that you need to bring to bear that, that you're not bringing to bear uh, when you're doing more traditional change management work. Mm -hmm. Would you say are some of the basics that a change consultant, a change practitioner needs to know about, coaching? What are some of, maybe some of the fundamental skills, if you will?
0: Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's a great question. So I immediately uh, think about the International Coach Federation, which is the primary, not the only, but uh, maybe the primary association supporting the coaching profession. And they have a really wonderful uh, competency model around what the core competencies are in coaching. And some of the big ones that I think are, are maybe most powerful uh, and pretty easy really to bring to bear in any conversation, um, but to move more towards a coaching conversation, powerful questioning, um, powerful questions, using powerful questions uh, with your client, um, deep listening, really active listening, really hearing what's being said, what's not being said. Um, And then some of those foundational pieces that we just talked about being, you know, establishing a good partnership with your client, um, making sure that you're on equal footing. Those are the few that I go to that I think are, you know, pretty straightforward. There's nothing, there's no rocket science, I don't think, in coaching, right? So it's fairly easy, I would um, suggest, for a change management practitioner to pick up some of these skills or just put more emphasis on them maybe than they have in the past. Um, what what uh, what competencies or skills do you think are are critical, Brian, or that you would point point someone who wants to do a little bit of this or experiment with it um, in their I'm, their yeah,
1: practice? I'm, I'm right there with you. Um, let me go a little further in, into powerful questioning. Uh, for me, I, I attempt to do a, a couple of things in my questioning. Uh, one is I ask questions for which I don't have the answer. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, the questioning is not about trying to steer my client where I want them to go. So I ask questions, which I don't have answers. They're not yes, no questions. They're questions that, that, uh, hopefully cause them to pause and reflect, um, You know, I'm thinking of one one client that I was uh, working with just yesterday and there was a lot of silence. There was a lot of silence because he was really going deep inside um, to draw out realizations that had never occurred to him before. Uh, So I think for me, that's an important part of powerful questions. Mm -hmm. And, And an important part again, a powerful questioning for me is uh, asking the client who they need to be to make this successful.
0: Yeah. Oh, that's a great one. I love that. Uh,
1: Because, you know, so often, uh, maybe not as as change consultants, but uh, business consultants in, in other realms, so often the client knows what needs to be done but they're not doing it Mm
0: -hmm. Mm -hmm.
1: and and they're not doing it because they need to, they need to show up differently.
0: Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm.
1: So that's something that I I really explore with my clients. Um,
0: Yeah. I think that's a great point as to when you might want to try coaching or to bring a coaching approach instead of a consulting approach is when it is a question. It's when it's not a question of skill or competency you know, um, I think so many sponsors and change agents who've been around the block once or twice, they know what they need to do, right? Um, change is not rocket science either. And so, you know, with a, with a, some good consulting support, you learn the ropes pretty quickly. But then it really does become more a question of who are you um, in your role and in your work and what? what about the way that you're looking about looking at the world is getting in the way of you showing up the way that you need to, to be effective. Right. And that's really where coaching it, I think is much more effective than consulting um, in, in terms of helping people get where they need to be.
1: And, and that brings us to one of the things you were talking about, right. As we started about uh, the, critical role that coaching can play in change consulting because, um, and again, I'm, I'm quoting Daryl Connor, but um, I really can't help it because I've known him and worked with him on and off for three decades now. Um, but one of the the things that he often says is you can't transform your organization without transforming yourself. Mm-hmm. And, and so change practitioners um, can often play the role of coach uh, if they have that relationship that, that helps the leaders transform themselves so that they can transform their organizations.
0: Yeah. And that's supported by research too. The research shows that the biggest, hairiest, most transformational changes are more often accomplished by people who are able and willing to do that personal work, who are willing to go through personal transformation themselves um, and bring that, bring that to their organization, bring that to the change then that they're trying to accomplish.
1: What are the, what other thoughts do you have um, for change practitioners who might want to uh, experiment, if you will, with, with a little bit of coaching?
0: Yeah. I would ask permission. I think that's maybe the one thing that just popped into my head is I would encourage, you know, if you have any interest in this at all to, to definitely give it a try. I think you'd be surprised, even without any formal training um, the kind of impact you might be able to have or how a coaching approach may, may help you crack a tough issue or, or break new ground with somebody that you, you maybe have been struggling with. Um, But I would encourage people to ask permission. Hey, I, Hey, Sponsor, I'd really like to try a coaching approach with you. Are you open to that? Um, it's it's in general ethically, I think, and practically uh, a good exercise to uh, coach with permission.
1: Yeah, absolutely, absolutely that. Um, otherwise, I think people are going to first of all look at you a little bit cross-eyed, like,
0: "What are you doing?" Coming
1: from, yeah. <laughs> where is this coming from? That's not who you're supposed to be. Right. And, and sometimes you're going to hear no. Sometimes you're going to hear no. Um,
0: mm-hmm. Yes. You
1: know, part of my, my coaching practice is uh, collaborative with a, a business consultant. And there are times when he will work with a business owner who wants to transform their business and, uh, they'll go through six months of uh, identifying key performance indicators and um, working with managers to, to manage more effectively and uh, putting everything in place. And then it will come time for the owner to change. Mm-hmm. And the owner will say, I'm not changing. Mm-hmm. and And unfortunately, the result is that everything that was put in place doesn't yield the potential result because the owner won't change. But um, you know, not everybody wants a coach. Not everybody wants to be coached. Not everybody believes they need to change in order to change their organization. Um, mm-hmm. And some people, you know, I, I believe, and I'd, I'd like to hear your, your belief on this, I believe some people are not um, coachable not because they can't be coachable, but because they're not ready to be coached.
0: Mm-hmm. I, I would agree with that. I absolutely believe that um, there's a season to just about everything. Um, and coaching is, is fundamentally a lot of personal work and, and, I think it, it ebbs and flows for any individual. I mean, I would consider myself to be on a journey and really interested in growing and developing, and yet sometimes I'm ready to lean into the work and sometimes I'm not, and that's okay. And I think it really is a matter of timing um, often that it's maybe just not the right time for somebody who, who doesn't appear to be coachable. And that's okay. I think it's we have to respect that, but just acknowledge that that is um, probably likely going to impact the ability of the change initiative to be successful right
1: yeah yeah so you you said something very important that brought up another distinction that i think we need to make before we wrap up you said coaching requires doing a lot of deep personal work how is coaching different than therapy then
0: yeah that's that's the other distinction um, that I think it that is it is really important. So the way I think about it um, is that therapy is usually looking backwards in time. Um, uh, I'll give a personal example. So you know, for example, my parents divorced when I was a child, and i I went to therapy to um, deal deal with my reaction to my parents' divorce. And it was about kind of, uh, fixing that for me or making it okay or make, keeping me whole or whatever words you might put to that. Um, in coaching, we would take a different approach that would say, okay, your parents were divorced. How has that impacted your uh, beliefs now? And, and are those beliefs uh, serving you or are they limiting you in some way? So the, the view in coaching is, I would say, much more forward looking about where somebody wants to go. And who they want to be in the future and then not going back into the past to try and fix maybe what was broken or what may be limiting but to acknowledge it and then make choices in the present and in the future about how to how to tell a different story about those things so that they serve us and they support us going where we want to go and they're not they're not blockers in the way.
1: Again, I, I'm not sure I have anything to add to that I think that's a that's a great distinction um so anything else that that you want to add to the conversation before we wrap up here
0: i don't think so this was really fun and i hope that folks get something out of it and that we get some good comments and questions back so that maybe we can have a part two and continue the conversation answering some questions maybe okay thank Mm
1: -hmm. you so much jessica this is thanks brian Brian Gorman, Managing Editor of Change Management Review. And my guest today, again, is Jessica Bronzert, founder and CEO of the Sparks Group.
0: We hope you've enjoyed today's podcast, listening to Brian Gorman. Be sure to check out our website at changemanagementreview.com. We also invite you to follow us on Facebook and Twitter and join us on LinkedIn. Thanks for listening.